welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name is Ray here, and later on in the show, we're going to be talking to Rodney O'Connor at Eurobike Wholesale about brakes. Going to find out uh, what I need to do as far as some new brake pads for the T7 and maybe some interesting information for your bike as well. Uh, we've also got some uh, some awesome news about a brand new Triumph, a brand new Royal Enfield, uh, and a bit more. But firstly, just wanted to remind you about a couple of events coming up. The Moto Guzzi New Zealand Tiki Tour, celebrating 100 years of Moto Guzzi or Moto Guzzi, is happening on October 15th to 17th at Lake Okitana Lodge uh, near Rotorua. Now, uh, we're assuming we're hopefully going to be at about level 2 by then, which means we can have events of up to 100 people give or take uh, so if you'd like to come along this event is completely free for Moto Guzzi riders if you ride a Moto Guzzi you own a Moto Guzzi come along it's going to be awesome we've got two courses about 220 k- kilometers each one's a, a, an adventure kind of gravel dirt based track and one is uh, completely sealed I'm going to be doing the sealed one on a Moto Guzzi V7 can't wait so if you want to come along, more information, go to facebook.com, search out Motoguzzi NZ Tiki Tour. The other event that's coming up is the GS Rally 2021, November 5th and 6th. Uh, north of Auckland, we've got access to Riverhead and Woodhill Forests, and this is going to be a whole lot of fun. Uh, you probably want to go to Facebook and search out GS Rally NZ, that's R-A-L-L-Y-E-N-Z, uh, and just pencil in your calendar the 5th and 6th of November this year. Uh, God willing and uh, uh, COVID willing as well. Right, this is Kiwi Rider Podcast. My name is Ray Heron. Great to have you along. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Share this writing, uh, share this podcast with a writing buddy of yours. Let's get into the news. And kicking this week's news off, Triumph have unveiled the 2022 Speed Triple 1200RR. And, uh, I'm sorry, I want to get into the details of this stunning new bike, but I need to address the elephant in the room. The first thing you'll notice when you check out a photo of this bike is the circular mono headlight. Now when questioned about it during the press conference, designers at Triumph said it was a throwback to the cafe races of old. A classic design aesthetic, pretty much what they said is was, it's cool. Now if you have to sell something as being cool before it's had a chance to earn that credit, then you have to question whether it actually is cool. (sighs) Headlight aside, the bike is cool, Triumph are saying that it's the most powerful, highest torque and fastest accelerating speed triple they've ever produced. It is lighter, more agile, it's the smartest, it has a massive and impressive list of electronic upgrades. Now it's got the 1160cc triple pumping out 180 horsepower, 125 newton meters of torque, coupled with a slip and assist clutch and a stacked 6 speed gearbox to reduce mass and optimise rider experience. As far as the electronic upgrades, here's the list. It's got a full keyless system, that is ignition and uh, steering lock and fuel tank and everything. Uh, Advanced front wheel lift control, full LEDs all around, that's all the lighting is LED. Five riding modes, including a track mode, plus Triumph's uh, shift assist, uh, cornering ABS, switchable traction control, a full colour 5 inch TFT display, 
and that's equipped with the My Triumph connectivity system. Now let's dive into that TFT with its electronic connectivity system. That's been developed in partnership with Google and GoPro, meaning that you might be able to get your Gmail on the road. Probably not, that's a joke, but still, it's really, really cool and a good thing to see manufacturers embracing this tech. Uh, the Speed Triple 1200RR comes equipped with a track-ready quick shifter as standard, also improved stability under brakes with a linked braking system. The throttle is ride-by-wire, pretty much everything can be adjusted electronically, plus among the other riding modes there is a rain mode which is going to limit that power and help you maintain traction. Uh, the clip-on handlebars are lower, 135mm lower and 50mm further forward than the old RS model. Triumph have enhanced the riding triangle and the seat is 830mm off the ground. Suspension is supplied by Olins with Smart EC 2.0 electrically adjustable semi-active setup. The brakes are lightweight 320mm front discs clamped on by high-performance twin Brembo Stylema radial monoblock calipers and there's a Brembo twin piston rear caliper setup completing the package. The new Speed Triple has uh, also got a host of lightweight carbon fibre components including tank infill side panels, fairing, uh, front mudguard and the list goes on. The Speed Triple 1200RR will come in two colour schemes, Hopper Red and crystal white and I definitely think she's a looker still waiting for that classic inspired mono headlight to grow on me though let me know what you think love to hear from you photos up at uh, motonz.com and on our Facebook page go to facebook.com forward slash Kiwi Rider Podcast the 2021 Greymouth Street Race has been cancelled. The annual Greymouth Street Race has become the latest victim of the COVID-19 community delta outbreak, whatever you want to call it. The governing body for Motorcycle Sport New Zealand, Motorcycling New Zealand, broke the news on its Facebook page uh, following a meeting by the organisers last week. The announcement read, the Greymouth Motorcycle Street Race Committee held a special meeting on Wednesday night to determine whether to continue preparations for the Labour Weekend event and given the current COVID situation. Club President Dave McNoe said the uncertainty of upcoming level changes and uh, the delays they have caused to preparations means that the time frame available to organise the street race would be short if we were to be able to run the event at all. This pressure would not only be on the team, but many of the volunteers, community groups and businesses who will contribute to the weekend. The committee also considered many other factors including the financial impact any last minute cancellation would have on the club and the riders and of course the local providers servicing the event. For these reasons they have decided that the 2021 race would be cancelled. The committee expressed its disappointment that they are unable to bring the economic benefits of several thousand strong crowd to the area particularly to those businesses who have strongly supported them over the years. They do, however, remain committed to bringing the race weekend back for Labour Weekend 2022 and have plans in place to ensure that there will be plenty of entertainment to bring back even bigger crowds to the Greymouth streets. The Greymouth street race is one of only a handful of motorcycle street races left in the country with the Nelson event also having a tough time in recent years due to port operations in the vicinity. The other two major street races on the calendar are Whanganui on Boxing Day and Invercargill Street Race as part of the Burt Munro Challenge in February. They still appear to be full steam ahead. However, neither will be able to run their events if the latest outbreak, Delta, isn't brought under control 
and the country return doesn't return to level one. So here we go again. Just remember, go out and get your COVID vaccination. Not getting political about it, but it's got to be a good thing. Royal Enfield relaunches modernised Classic 350. Royal Enfield has kept its promise to the motorcycling community of the worldwide that we would be seeing more models from the Indian-owned brand in 2021, with the unveiling of the fully revamped Classic 350 line. Dating back to 1948, Royal Enfield's Classics were possibly the trustiest examples of the name within the entire motorcycling world. The most recent example of the Classic 350 debuted alongside the Classic 500 in 2008, and together they've sold over 3 million units worldwide, not bad for small capacity bikes. After the launch earlier this year of the new and rather cool in our opinion Meteor 350, which features an air-cooled single-cylinder engine, it seemed only a matter of time before Royal Enfield brought new life to its Classic 350 with the same new heart. That's now being confirmed with the reveal of the new Classic 350, which is expected in New Zealand and Australian dealers later this year. Pricing is yet to be confirmed, but we expect them to be priced around about the same price point as the Meteor 350, which retails for $7,490 plus on roads here in New Zealand. Virtually, visually, the new Classic 350 leans heavily on Royal Enfield's past, with a design that looks like they've plucked it right out of 1948. It continues the same design principles we're familiar with from the old Classic 350, but the new engine gives the central mass a lot more visual girth than the old bike. The new 350 also uses Royal Enfield's signature style of a teardrop-shaped tank, and a new headlight completes the look up front. Going by the press photos, the new Classic 350 will be offered with either the classic spoked wheel design or the modern alloy wheels in black finish, plus a range of great looking colour options for the bodywork. While full specifications have yet to be released by our local Royal Enfield distributor Urban Moto Imports, we do know that the new Classic 350 is putting down the same power as the Meteor, which is 20.2 horsepower at 6100rpm backed by 27 Newton meters of torque at 4,000 RPM, since both utilize the same counterbalance J-Series engine. This is backed by a 5-speed gearbox, which Royal Enfield says has been geared to ensure strong in-city acceleration as well as a relaxed ride at cruising speeds. Er ergonomics look good, with the Classic retaining the similar rider triangle to the old models. The new Classic has a new wider seat with soft foam cushion padding, the handlebars are also new, with Royal Enfield saying the riding position has been subtly tweaked to further improve comfort, whilst maintaining a familiar classic feeling. Like the Meteor, the Classic 350 utilises modern technology when it comes to its el electronics. The gauges are now a new set of digi-analog instruments, which houses an LCD info panel. A USB charging point will be mounted below the handlebar for convenience of quick charging on the go, while the very cool turn-by-turn -turn tripper navigation pod, which debuted on the Meteor, will also be available for the top-spec 350 Chrome variant uh, as an accessory. The Classic 350 launched in 2008 uh, and was a modern and capable motorcycle that symbolised the timeless post-war styling from the heydays of the British motorcycle industry, says the managing director of Royal Enfield's parent company in India. The all-new Classic 350 beautifully combines the quintessential timeless design with an absolutely modern and refined ride experience. 
built from the ground up on the modern J-Series engine with an all-new chassis. The Classic 350 offers a tremendously refined and impeccable ride experience that almost feels like riding again for the first time, he goes on to say. For the full story, photos and a bit more information, head to onthrottle.co.nz. Time to head over to the mighty Taranaki and catch up with Rodney O'Connor, the big man in charge of Eurobike Wholesale. G'day Rodney, how you doing? G'day, not too bad. Hey, um, we had a conversation a wee while ago uh, about brakes. Uh, you've got a Tenere 700, I've got a Tenere 700, yours has been kitted out with GV gear and I know that you replaced the brake pads straight away where I've been running the OEM stuff. Mine are getting a bit low... And you kind of blew my mind as far as information about brakes. So I wanted to have a conversation with you on the podcast. Uh, you guys import and distribute Brembo, right? Yeah, that's correct. So we, um, we're the New Zealand agent for, for Brembo aftermarket products, um, which means uh, Brembo brake pads, Brembo discs, and some of the, um, uh, well, the Brembo high-performance parts, master cylinders, calipers, and some spares for some OEE bikes. But most of the original equipment stuff is tied up in deals with the manufacturers so um, we do what we can. So let's talk uh, the Tenere 700. I mean I'm assuming a lot of this is kind of uh, relevant to most bikes but Tenere 700 specifically, uh, I've been running the OE brake pads, uh, you swapped out for Brembo straight away. Uh, Did you ride before you swapped them out and what was kind of the comparison? Yeah I did have a go on it before I swapped them out. Um, The original brake pads weren't too bad but they just for me they felt a bit soft in the actuation. I mean, I come from a, a road racing background. I mean, I race motocross, race road, race road racing. Um, I like a good firm brake so that when I touch the lever, it, it reacts and uh, I get a good response and then I can control what's happening. Um, and for me, the, the original brakes, although they were good and if you pulled the lever hard, they stopped the bike, they just didn't have that initial bite and felt a bit soft. And I figured, well, this is a bike I want to ride, so I'll swap them out for something that's got a bit more bit more feel. So uh, what did you swap them out for? I'm assuming there's more than just one set of pads from uh, from Brembo. Do they have different kind of um, different kind of levels of braking power or what's the story? Yeah, absolutely. There's lots of different compounds available even within a given pad shape. I mean, not, not all for all bikes. Some bikes that are you know, low production or, or for a very specific purpose, there might only be one or two options. But most bikes have a few different options you can choose for brake pad compounds. Um, we've got quite a good little um, article on our website under Insider Info, which gives us a description of the different brake compounds available from Brembo and what they're used for. Okay, and I'm needing some brake pads for the T7. What did you get? What did you put on yours? And what do you think I should put on mine? So I went for, um, on the front, I went for the Brembo SA compounds. So SA is their standard road bike compound. It's great for um, high-performance street bikes, um, not really suitable for track days because it, uh, you could do a track day on them and they'd probably work fine, but any serious high-performance racing, you'd yeah, start to overheat. Um, but for road use, they're fantastic. They've got great initial bike, great feel. They work well when they're cold or when they're warmed up. They're really good pads for the road, and that's generally what Brembo recommend for most road bike applications. The T7, yeah, it's an adventure bike, and there's some off-road work, so there's a call as to whether it's the right pad for proper off-road stuff, but actually I thought I'd give it a go and try it. And even on the, the gnarly, slippery, gravelly, grassy 
stuff, they still had plenty of feel and were easy to control. So I, I really liked them on that bike. Okay. So Eurobike Wholesale, we've mentioned that you are the Brembo kind of importer and distributor. We can't buy direct from you, but we can go to your website, get all the information, and then take that to our local bike dealer. Is that the story? Yeah, absolutely. Um, brake pads, if you're looking for fitments on brake pads, the Brembo website, if you go to brembo.it and select the English language version and go through the bike and configuration, you can find a configurator where you put your bike year, make and model in, and it'll tell you what pads um, are available. Uh, and, and generally with Brembo, there's a code. It's usually 07 and then a couple of letters and a couple of numbers. And then the last two digits are the compound. So as long as you've got that code, you should be able to go to your bike shop and say, hey, I found this code for my bike. It's a Brembo pad. Can you contact Eurobike and see if they've got these for me? I want to have a go with them. And that's really the best way to do it. Um, if you have any doubt, um, get in touch with us through the website. We've got a, a contact option. You can send us a, a website inquiry and we'll get back to you and help you find the information you need and, and, and you can take that to your bike shop and, and order them from there. That's probably uh, the, the way to go. Now, you've been a, a bike tester. You've been a bike racer. You've got a lot of knowledge there. What would be your recommendation as far as bidding these brake pads in when I do get them on the bike? So, bidding them in, um, it's it's a pretty simple procedure. Um, we're not talking proper bidding in for, for testing purposes. You know, yes, I have I have worked as a, a, a development engineer at, um, at Triumph and as a test rider at KTM. Um had a lot of involvement with, with testing brakes and a full bedding and procedure is um, it's pretty uh, daunting, you know, talking a couple of hundred stops at various speeds just to get the brakes bedded in exactly right. And this is, we're talking for scientific procedures. But for general day-to-day riding, not too hard. Um, just go out and have a few gentle stops to, fir- to start with um, and then just start building up the pressure a little bit. Um, but do it with a, a stop. Don't Don't ever ride the bike with the brake on and the power on because that will just overheat the brake pads quickly. Um, you, you don't want to cook them. You just want to get out a few gentle stops and start building up. And once they start, you, you'll feel when they start to get better then they start to bite really well. And then from there on in, you should be pretty much set to go. Um, the, the important thing is that you do do that when you first put new pads in. It's like a new set of tyres. You don't want to leave it until you need it. You want to bed them in while you're in a safe environment and you can practice a few safe stops and, and make sure you get the pads better than before you go out there and suddenly have a car pull in front of you and you need to use them hard. So what's the what's the um, the thought process behind bedding in brakes? Is it to kind of mate the, the surface of the pad to the disc or is it more about getting the temperature in there and getting a few heat cycles on? What's the story? Uh, it's a little bit of both. So the main thing is getting the pad surface in contact with the disc. Obviously on a, on a disc there's microscopic grooves and, and uh, from, from where the pads have been running on the disc and um, if you look at it if you were to look at it very very closely you'd see that you know a new pad is flat and the disc is a little bit lumpy you want to wear the pad so that it matches the disc and you can get full contact and full pressure on the pad but yeah also um, heat cycles getting them warmed up a little bit getting them a little bit a little bit cooked but not overheated and then uh, and then it'll get them working at their best. Brilliant. And uh, one more question as far as brakes go. Brake fluid, have you got a kind of recommendation of how often that should be replaced or is that kind of a, a manufacturer thing or, a, um, you know, what's the story with fluid? Um, yeah, generally speaking, follow the guidelines in the handbook. Um, the, the people at the factory spent a lot of time developing bikes and testing them. Um, if your handbook says to take it in for service and get the brake fluid replaced, 
that's the best time to do it. If you're if you're doing if you're racing and track days and you're getting the pad, the brakes really hot. The, the fluid might get uh, might deteriorate sooner. Um, so yeah, but anyone who's doing serious racing will, will probably know that and know to replace the fluid. You know, maybe a couple of times a season just to uh, just to make sure it's at its best. But Follow the handbook. If it says to do something in the handbook, that's when you should do it. Sound advice. Rodney O'Connor, Eurobike Wholesale, thank you very much for your time and your, and your wisdom. Um, this isn't the last time I'm going to hit you up for uh, for advice, that's for sure. But I am going to jump on your website, eurobike.co.nz. I'm going to click on brands and I'm going to go through to uh, Brembo and I'm going to find all the information there. Or what was the Brembo website you mentioned? Um, Brembo.it or uh, it might take you through to Brembo.com. I, I can never remember. Brembo.it is an Italian company, Italian website. Just select the English version when you get in there and then follow the, follow the clues. It's a little confusing, but you should be able to figure it out. And don't forget on our website as well under Insider Info, scroll through the articles. You should be able to find a good article on um, brake pad compounds, which is a good reference. Time to catch up with a voice that we've heard on the podcast a few times. It is uh, old mate Todd. G'day, Todd. How you doing? G'day, Ray. Nice to be back. I'm, at, I'm behind my desk this time, not uh, on the uh, handheld microphone out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. What was the last time we got out was uh, OE jaunt through Whited Upper in a beautiful setting sun and then, of course, thrust into uh, the joys of level four lockdown. Very quickly after that, I, I felt very accomplished that we managed that ride just before we uh, we go into lockdown. So, uh you know, it wasn't nice going to lockdown, but I did feel we got a lot done just before. Yeah, exactly. It was almost like like it was meant to be. It was perfectly timed. Um, what's been happening during Level 4? Um, you, you've been tinkering with the bike at all? I, I have a new set of bark busters I put on, and I got a new uh, chalk mount for the front wheel um, so I could kind of set the bike up and... Um, kind of work. I, I do have a center stand, but on the DR, I don't have a center stand. So I thought it'd be good to have a, a wheel chock, you know, that you kind of push the bike into and you can just hold the thing there. Um, so it's quite stable. So I got that and it's quite good that I got the bike busters because I realized that the wheel chock doesn't work very well with a 21 inch front wheel and my bike fell over in the garage. Um, but Hey, the bike busters work because nothing happens. This is the, the tiger, tiger 800. Yes, the tiger 800. Yep. 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 That's it. So I had to pick up the tiger 800 in the garage. That wasn't so great. But um, no, no damage. The Barkbusters work. Thank you, Barkbusters. And um, yeah, it was all good for my uh, my ride on the weekend, the, the Chris Birch training. Yeah, so that's what I was saying. It was, it was good timing uh, that you, we finally got down to, what are we, level two now? Uh, and and Birchie was able to make the trip down from Coromandel. Uh, how did how'd the training go? Uh, you didn't actually go where you were meant to be going initially, did you? No, that's right. So I did the level one adventure training with Chris Birch with a bunch of other guys. Um, and that was locally oh, back in July, I think. And we, we were planning on doing a round two big bike or big adventure bike, kind of more technical training um, in the Akataroa Forest. So that was the aim, but it was, we didn't know whether it was going to happen because we only just got to level three, what, last week, a week ago. Um, so when we kind of got the numbers again, a lot of the guys said, oh, yeah, sorry, I was counting on it not being there. So they kind of pulled out. So w- what we ended up with was only three of us that were sort of all paid up and ready to go. And we thought, well, we don't want to bring Chris down just for three guys. So let's kind of open it up, change the, the scope a bit and bring a few more lads along 
Um, so that was all um, organized and we ended up uh, doing another really big, long open gravel sort of training session um, over in the Wairapa, which was fantastic. Um, yeah, lots of drills. I fell off. I was the first one to fall off. So that was pretty good. Um, and I had a very, very awesome miss. Um, that was, uh, I'm still waiting for Chris to send me the video, but uh, proper sideways coming down a hill into a corner and almost kissing a brick wall, um, but somehow just managed to stay the right side up. So um, it, it looked fantastic. And, and I, uh, when, when Chris showed me, I said, look, if you just cut the, cut the video right at the point when I'm going sideways, I pretty much look like Chris Birch. Um, you just don't see the rest of the video where I'm actually sliding into the wall and lose control. But hey, um, if we if we do a nice little cut of the video, it would look great. You were trying to get me along to this, and I'm 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 kind of after seeing the videos of high speed sliding down a gravel road sideways. I'm pretty glad that I didn't. I don't think I could have matched that. <laughs> yeah, it was quite funny. He was um he was doing a demonstration on this beautiful um it's kind of like a double apex corner um in uh or like just it was a big gravel road, quite wide, and he was teaching us and we thought, well, why don't you show us how it's done? So he's coming into this corner about 120 Ks an hour, like backing it in, sliding around the corner and coming up the other side is like this other guy on a V-strom. And like, he basically was just like a ghost. <laughs> he was, he honestly thought he was about to get wiped out. Like Chris was like in control around the whole corner, but this other guy just freaked out on his bike and he pulled over and he's like, um, do you have the time? <laughs> and we're like, yeah, man, it's uh, it's two thirty. Uh, all good. Keep going. <laughs> but uh, he 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 was yeah he was checking if he was still alive. He was uh, he was very worried. But yeah, Chris did an amazing job at not only teaching but also demonstrating uh, how to do it, the way to do it. Nice. Uh, so you've done two sessions with um, old Birchie. Uh, highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a very good teacher. He's a very good teacher and. The, the the skills are just one of those things that you you can't practice you know emergency sliding in a corner when it's an emergency and you're sliding into a corner like it's just not going to work you, that's not the right time to try it for the first time so you really need a nice safe environment and uh, just to practice a skill over and over again and yeah one day it'll save us it'll save all of us so um for that reason alone i would say yeah totally worth it the opportunity comes up and you can join a training session i would I jump on again i will do another five for sure uh, when they come up i'll be there it sounds like you're not just doing um gravel and and uh off-road stuff either you've signed up for a, a bit of track work on the tiger <laughs> i did i did indeed you got a good memory uh yeah superbike school um in november i'm uh heading up to auckland and um yeah doing a track day with the tiger so gonna get some new rubber on there i don't think my uh midas eo7 plus is going to do too great at the track actually to be fair i think it's going to do great at the track i just don't think they'll let me on with a tire that looks like a uh, dirt bike tire. I think they'll probably be too suspicious. That being said, I, re I reckon I could show them that they do grip pretty well. <laughs> you think they think you're going to like um, uh, do a motard thing and and do a shortcut through the through the back <laughs> backfield back paddock? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, hey, th those tires do go pretty well, but it'd be nice to get some some nice. Um, can't get slicks because I got a 21 inch front wheel. If I had a 19, I could I could actually get slicks on it, but um, I can't. So I'll get some road-oriented tyres on the Tiger to uh, take it to the track. Well, mate, it's been... We're in level... What are we? Level 2 now? Auckland is... At the time of recording, this is still in level 3, uh, level 4. I think, hopefully, uh, if, if we stay in kind of open times, we should get out on the bikes and go for a ride. 
um, but a little bit further afield. We are due for one, aren't I, we? I reckon we are. I reckon we need to do something a bit further afield, though. Like, we, we did the um, Triumph Tiger Adventure Ride, which was a mammoth trip from uh, here in Wellington up to uh, Raglan and back. I think we need to do something kind of at that scale. Well, you know what? Every time we've gone for a ride, we tend to head north. Yeah. Because there's kind of a big puddle south. I think we cross the puddle. I think we go south. You reckon? I reckon we, we do something different. We get on a boat and we cross over to the South Island. What are we now? We're in September. I think we've only got like one long weekend between now and Christmas, which is Labor Weekend near the end of October. Are you free Labor Weekend? I am free Labor Weekend. And if it's Labor Weekend, do you know what that means? Do you know what road is open on the day of Labor Weekend? Uh... No, I don't. What roads? That would be the Molesworth. It is open. I remember because I did it the Molesworth two years opens. ago was when my father came over and we rode up the Molesworth on that weekend. Um, and obviously due to COVID, he can't come back over from Australia. So um, I reckon we do that. If we're going to do it that, that weekend, that sounds like a pretty good road to do. Well, yeah. I mean, if we're talking about doing it Labor Weekend and it opens Labor Weekend and we're talking about going south, then I think we'd have to. Um Ferries, what's that? It's about $115 each way, so that's doable. Um, I reckon that's a goer. Should we go do Molesworth Labor Weekend? Yeah. I think I think that would be fun. I would like to do that. All right. Um, this hasn't been set up at all. You've actually heard this first. This is something we've literally decided on a Zoom call on a, what is it, Monday night as at the time of recording this. Brilliant. All right, lock that in, Todd. We'll make that happen. Um, let's work out the details and we'll come back to the listeners uh, maybe next week with an update. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll, we'll figure out um, how to set our bikes up and, you know, make, make, make them ready for the trip and uh, start to plan some details. I'd, I'd be very keen for that. Couldn't, couldn't think of anything better to do for October. You're going to do it on the Tiger or are you thinking maybe DR or? Oh, I don't know. So when I did it with dad, he had the DR and I had the Tiger. The, the Molesworth isn't, well, when we did it, it wasn't a very challenging road. Um. So I think for the comfort, I would do it on the Tiger um, because it's not something where you really need the light bike to um, get the most of, of the experience, uh, which I would otherwise take the, the, the DR. The DR is better when the big heavy bikes are just too much work. But um, yeah, I think the Tiger feels like a better bike for this sort of trip. Brilliant. I've been humming and hiring about it for the last 35 seconds. I think I'll take the Tenere 700. <laughs> yeah, I think that's uh, that's good. It might be better than walking it, to be fair. <laughs> oh, my other option is the push bike. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll leave that there. Uh, we'll bring we'll work out some details and we'll give you an update next week. Thanks for joining me on the podcast, Todd. My pleasure. Looking forward to planning it. And that about wraps up the show for this week. Thank you very much for sticking around. Hey, just quickly, we've got the uh, NZ Podcast Awards coming up later in the year. So uh, keep an eye on our Facebook page. And we'll share all the information on how you can support us in our endeavour to win an award. Wouldn't it be great to see a motorcycling podcast win an award? I mean, motorcycling stuff, we're almost underground. Like a lot of people do it. And when you're in it, you know all about it. But when you're outside of motorcycling, you don't know what goes on. So it would be really, really good to see something that's not rugby-based or mainstream media won an award. We'll let you know. We'll let you know how we get on with that. Also, don't forget GS Rally 2021 happening November 5th and 6th. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash GS Rally NZ. 
And if you ride a Moto Guzzi, we'll see you hopefully on the 15th to 17th of October, Lake Okitana Lodge near Rotorua, uh, for an event that's absolutely free if you ride a Moto Guzzi celebrating 100 years of Moto Guzzi. More information, Tiki Tour at kiwirider.co.nz. You can always get hold of me. Podcast at kiwirider.co.nz is the email address. We're on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram as well. The website for you to check out, kiwirider.co.nz or motonz.com. Jump in there, see the latest news. It's nice and easy. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, share this podcast with a writing buddy of yours. Let us know if you've got any feedback by any of the uh, aforementioned avenues. Keep the rubber side down, throttle on, and we'll catch you in seven days' time. Music